turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Did you notice that meekness, long-suffering, and forbearance go together? This is an attitude that doesn't lose patience with their fellow men. And this patience is a reflection of the divine patience that God has towards us in our sinning when He doesn't cast us away. Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno is continuing to take us through the book of Colossians. I'm Mike Trout, and this is an outreach we call Study Verse by Verse, and it's brought to you by Church of the Highlands, which is on the web at highlands.us. Pastor Leighton is in the third chapter, which gives a, a list of rules for holy living, and at the twelfth verse it says, Therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, and I'll let him pick up from there. And then... Paul says to put on kindness. And the ancient writers define kindness as a person who is interested in their neighbor's good and it was as dear to them as their own. In other words, they had just as much concern for their neighbor's welfare as they did their own. Josephus used the word to describe Isaac because Isaac dug wells and there was some problem with the neighbors and he just gave the wells to his neighbors and went out and dug more wells. He was as interested in their welfare as he was his own. It was used in in some other writings to describe wine that had mellowed with age and lost its harshness. It was used by Jesus when he said, My yoke is easy. My yoke is kind. Goodness by itself can be stern if it's not accompanied by kindness. We know some people who are good and they're not very pleasant to be with because they're not kind. But this is the kind of goodness that Jesus showed towards the sinning woman who anointed his feet. It's the kind of goodness that should be characteristic of every believer. It is a ready disposition to listen to and respond to others. It is taking initiative and reaching out to others and meeting their needs. And because we have been shown kindness, we need to act in kindness towards others. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. And then Paul says to put on humility, which describes an attitude of self-esteem or self-evaluation that is neither puffed up with pride nor self-depreciating. Neither puffed up with pride nor self-depreciating. It's understanding one's true position with God. Now, the ancient pagan world did not admire humility. What they admired was pride and domination. And and it's often been said that humility was a virtue that was created by Christianity. In fact, in classical Greek, there is no word for humility. And And the closest words have a connotation of forced devaluation. But Christian humility is not cringing. Christian humility is based on two things. First, a vertical understanding that we are creatures. God is the creator, 
we are merely creatures. And so we stand before God in humility. And secondly, speaking horizontally, it is based on the belief that all people were created in the image of God. And we're therefore children of God. And, and there's no room for arrogance when the people that we are interacting with are of royal lineage. And again, it's referenced back to what was said in verse 10. Humility is a recognition of the fact that we are all equal in God's sight. It disallows us to be arrogant in our interactions with one another. And then Paul said to put on meekness. Aristotle defined this word to mean a happy mean or average between too much and too little anger. It was the happy average between too much and too little anger. So the person who is meek is self-controlled. And that's because they are God-controlled. When they're angry, they are always angry at the right time, for the right reason, to the right degree. And they never get angry at the wrong time, or for the wrong reason, or to the wrong degree. Now, meekness is not to be confused with weakness. What it means is a willingness to give up one's rights for the sake and benefit of someone else. And again, Christ is our example. Philippians chapter 2 reads, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. Again, Christ is our example. He gave up the rights and privileges of the throne room of heaven to come and be born in a manger for our benefit. And then Paul says, and put on patience, bearing with one another. The word patience here literally means long-suffering. It means being willing to put up with people who irritate without rejection or retaliation, choosing instead to be patient. It is contrasted, long-tempered is contrasted with short-tempered. And we probably all immediately recognize what short-tempered is. A short-tempered person speaks and acts impulsively and lacks self-control. A long-tempered person can put up with people, even irritating people, without retaliating. And he says, bearing with one another, bearing or forbearance in the the word literally means to hold back. And again, God is our example. God forbears towards sinners in that he holds back his judgment. Did you notice that meekness, long-suffering, and forbearance go together? They're all related. 
This is an attitude that doesn't lose patience with their fellow man. And this patience is a, uh, uh, patience is a reflection of the divine patience that God has towards us in our sinning when he no- doesn't cast us away. He continues, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. Forgiving or forgiveness is the logical result of everything that Paul has written so far in this section. You see, it's not enough that a Christian must endure provocation and refuse to retaliate, you also need to forgive the person who is causing you trouble. Because if you do not forgive, then feelings of malice and bitterness can develop within you, and that can lead to even greater sins. It's important for us to forgive. Putting on Christ affects how we treat others. It's only in our interpersonal relationships with others that we can experience and practice compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And the testing ground is when we have grievances against one another. And what Paul is saying is here, we need to be continuously forgiving and forbearing. A Christian forbears and forgives because they have been forgiven. We who have been forgiven much need to forgive much. Remember what Jesus said in instituting instructions concerning the Lord's Prayer recorded for us in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This issue of forgiveness was so important to Jesus that he mentioned it not once, but twice. In verse 12, and then again, and expounding on it in verse 14 and 15, Jesus said we need to forgive others. Now, I need to clarify something here because we preach on forgiveness, and some people interpret, misinterpret this to suggest that not taking appropriate action against someone who breaks laws uh, or injures others intentionally or habitually is forgiving them. Such people need to be reported to the authorities so they cannot continue to cause injury to others. But vengeance should never be the motivation. God said, vengeance is mine. The purpose is to protect others from future harm. Now, why did Paul call believers to do this? Well, the church had then and still has enough enemies and troubles from the world, the outside world. We don't need fighting going on inside the church because of things that have been brought in from the pre-Christ lifestyles. We need to be forbearing and forgiving. We need to remember how much God has forgiven us. And remembering God's love and forgiveness should help us be loving and forgiving towards others. In fact, love is the theme of the next verse, verse 14. And, when, and above all these, put on love, 
which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And the word here, love, is the word agape, which is the word that's used in the New Testament to describe God's or Christ's love for mankind and is considered the supreme Christian virtue. And the word here that is translated binds uh, is literally the word that, that uh, is used to describe ligaments in the body. The ligaments is what hold, holds bones together. If we didn't have them, bones would just fall apart. And love is the binding power which holds the Christian body together. What a very clear illustration. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely and a study verse by verse in the book of Colossians. We'll wrap up this message on Friday's broadcast. I'm Mike Trout. Thank you for joining us. If you are new to the program, we're on the web at studyversebyverse.com. You can find past broadcasts there. You can also join with us as a financial partner. You can give safely at that website at studyversebyverse.com. And the church is on the web at highlands.us. If you'd like to know more about the service times and the location of the church and other ministries available, please go to that website. That's highlands.us. And if you visit the church, I hope you'll let them know that you listen to the broadcast. That would be such a great encouragement. Have a great rest of your day and join us tomorrow at this same time when Pastor Layton will once again open the Word of God and help us study verse by verse.